بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم یا من تحل بهی و قد المکاره و یا من یفتو بهی حد الشدائه و یا من یلتمسو منه المخرج و الى روح بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on صحيفة السجادية by Mizan Institute حمدا يضيء لنا به ظلمات البرزخ ويسهل علينا به سبيل المبعث ويشرف به منازلنا عند مواقف الأشهاد In the previous excerpt the Imam was praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over the fact that Allah has given us knowledge of Himself, has inspired us to be thankful towards either this blessing of having knowledge of Him or blessings in general. Over the fact that Allah has opened the gates and doors to us having knowledge and cognition of His rububiyyah and Lordship, giving us the pure form of ikhlas and, and so on. And so in that excerpt, the Imam was praising Allah for things that he has given us in this life, the knowledge, the shukr and thankfulness and so on. Now the Imam moves on. As he was ending the previous excerpt, he he ended it with Hamdan Nuamarubihi Fiman Hamidahu min Khalqihi, which the translation says a praise through which we may be given long life among those of his creatures who praise him. So it's talking about life in this world. He's saying I'm praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a praise that yields this. Yields me being one of his hamideen and those who are praising, praisers of him, real praisers of him. As long as I live and according to the translation here, I am given a long life in this regard. Then in this excerpt that we want to cover in this episode is the imam moving now to the barzakh onwards as well. And he says, a hamd, a praise, I'm praising Allah. A praise not only that is going to benefit me in this life, but a praise that will also benefit me in the life to come. Right after I leave this dunya, not even the hereafter and the akhirah, the barzakh even. A proper hamd is a hamd that is going to benefit me even in the barzakh. How is that the case? Well, let's see. It says, Hamdan ulana bihi dhulamatil barzakh. A praise that will light up, that Allah will light up the darknesses of the barzakh for us through. Allah is going to take this praise of ours and is going to lighten up the barzakh for us. So I am praising Allah for the knowledge He's given me of Himself, for the knowledge of His Lordship and Rububiyyah, for the thankfulness of Him. And this I, this praise of mine is a praise that is going to um, make me of the hamideen as I'm alive in this life, and according to some translations, Allah is going to give me a long life as a result of this praise of mine. Number one. Number two, Allah is going to light up the barzakh for me. I want to take a moment and pause here and talk about this a little bit. The barzakh, of course, as we all know, is that um, in-between time, between this life that we're in right now and the uh, day of judgment onwards. In between these two, we have the barzakh. Barzakh literally means partition or wall or divider. And so it is what separates two things from each other, two spaces from each other, two times from each other. The barzakh begins 
the moment we shed our material bodies, in other, in other words, we die. When we die, we have entered the Barzakh. The Barzakh isn't a place that you go. Um, some people might be under the impression that uh, there's a point on the earth or somewhere in the skies or somewhere where you know you go for the Barzakh. No, the fact that you are no longer a material entity and that your soul has departed the body makes you in the Barzakh automatically. You are in the Barzakh. Now, the majority of this time of the Barzakh is when you are in the grave. Yes, when a person dies, one day, two days later, they bury them. Even those one or two days that they're not in the grave yet um, is still their time of barzakh because the body has separated, the soul has uh, separated from the body. But usually, but most of the time of the barzakh is when we are in the grave. Now we usually associate the grave, the qabr, and even the barzakh with darkness, right? But that's not necessarily the case. The barzakh has the potential to be a dark place for us, but it also has the potential to not be dark for us. And based on this and other literature. And so here the, the Imam in this part of the dua is saying that I am going to praise Allah, a praise that is going to light up the darknesses of the barzakh for me. This means that there is a potential for darkness, but this darkness is not going to be, is not going to take effect because I have light with me. The barzakh is going to be a place of light for me as a result of this praise that I'm doing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right here, I, I do want to say this, that the Imam, he is talking about a light, right? The, he's talking about something great. To light up the barzakh is a great thing. And so you can tell that this is not just a normal praise of just saying and verbalizing Alhamdulillah. The fact that I say Alhamdulillah is going to light up my grave. No, this is one that is accompanied with action that lives up to the expectations that come with a praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can't praise Allah for His greatness and Lordship and all of that and expect uh, to not and, and not not live up to that by disobeying Him left and right and then expect for that praise of mine of God to light up my barzakh, to light up my qabr. No, not necessarily. Okay, so I am praising Allah, a praise that is accompanied with the proper actions throughout my life that will light up the darknesses of the barzakh. These darknesses are a potential darkness, not necessarily the case that the barzakh has to be all darkness and then it has to be lit up. No, from the beginning it can be lit up. Now, I don't want to dismiss this idea that, okay, in the initially, maybe like in the first stage of barzakh, even for good people, there might be some darkness. But all in all, that's going to be insignificant because um, if a person has lived their, their life the way they should have, within the boundaries of God, even though they would mess up every now and then, they would repent. These people, it does not, uh, I personally believe, and we do have uh, a course on this, and this is what I'm basing what I'm saying off of, the course that we teach on the Barzakh. It seems, based on our literature, that a person who has lived a righteous life, and they're not necessarily infallible, they might have messed up, but they would get back up on their feet, and they would repent and try their best not to repeat their mistakes. A person like this is not going to have a hard barzakh. Maybe, maybe, initially, there might be, just to shake up the person a little bit, in the beginning, when the questioning is happening, there might be some darkness, there might be a little bit of a scare, maybe. And I'm saying that even based on some of the literature we have. But after that, it's smooth sailing, inshallah, for a person who's taken care of everything in this life. So anyway, 
Point being, either this dholomat al-barzakh can mean potential dholomat, or it can actually mean actual darkness, but it's going to be very insignificant just in those beginning stages of the barzakh. Now I want to share with you how the Qur'an does speak of nur that Allah gives to the believers. Now this has to do with the Day of Judgment, but I want to say that if, uh, if this nur that a person has on the Day of Judgment is so great that it can light up things for that person on the Day of Judgment, which is a much more significant day than the barzakhi life, then I'm pretty sure that that nur can also light up the barzakh. So I want to share with you, this is Surah Hadid, verse number 12. It says, يَوْمَ تَرَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَسْعَى نُورُهُمْ بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَبِأَيْمَانِهِمْ Today you will see the faithful, men and women, with their light moving swiftly before them and on their right. Okay, this light is going to, of course, light things up for them and they don't have any issue. If a person has light on the Day of Judgment and that light is so powerful that it's doing work for them, then I'm pretty sure that we can extrapolate here that... Uh, that that same light is what's helping them in the barzakh, or something similar to it at least. Okay, so one more thing that I want to discuss here very quickly is that at the end of the day, there's a potential of dhulumat in the barzakh, or there is some dhulumat, even if it's insignificant, in the barzakh. We have to keep in mind, brothers and sisters, there are hadiths that will tell us that the imams, they said that they fear for the barzakh of their followers and their shia. We have to understand that in the end, however much we were obedient to Allah in this life is what's going to help us on the other side. We have too much literature for this. We have too many hadiths and verses of the Qur'an for this, that it is our amal, it is our actions, how obedient we were to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's going to help us on the other side. To the point that the imams, when they speak of intercession on the Day of Judgment, they will affirm that there will be a great intercession for their followers and lovers, but... They will still say, we fear for your barzakh, take care of your barzakh. How? With your actions. So I can't just live a normal, heedless life here and expect that I'm going to be immune from any trouble in the barzakh. No. We have to make sure that we do something for our barzakh and the best thing that we can take to our graves. According to what Amir al-Mu'mineen says in Nahj al-Balagha, when he's speaking to those who are in the graves and he says if they were able to speak to us they would tell us that the best provision to take with you to the grave is taqwa which I will say practically means obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take that with you so if we want to do anything for our barzakh the best thing to take is amal and the best amal to take is taqwa taqwa practically means that you are going to be obedient of Allah subhanahu, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to the do's and don'ts that's the, that's the bare minimum and that is the key to a lot of good things on the other side. Now in addition to all of that, we also have hadiths that will specifically put their finger on certain things that will translate to nur in the grave for us, that will translate to light for us in the grave. For example, there's a hadith that says, أَكْثِرُوا الصَّلَاةَ عَلَيَّ that the Holy Prophet he said, uh, recite salawat upon me a lot. فَإِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ عَلَيَّ نُورٌ فِي الْقَابْرِ for verily, sending salawat upon me is a nur for you in the grave. It is a light for you in the grave. وَنُورٌ عَلَى sirat. It is a light for you upon the bridge of sirat. And it is a nurun fil jannah. It is also a light for you in jannah. So we do also have certain specific things that we can do that translate to nur according to our literature um, from the grave and in the grave for us onwards.
Okay, so, oh Allah, I am sending a praise upon you. I am praising you for all of what you did regarding the knowledge you gave of me, gave me of yourself, regarding the thankfulness you inspired to me, etc. This praise towards those things is a praise that I add, that will give me life here as one of the Hamidin, will give me light in the Barzakh. Okay, so we've covered the life here, covered the Barzakh, but this praise doesn't end there. Its effects also extend to Yamul Qiyamah and resurrection and all of that. A praise that Allah will use to ease upon us the journey of, I will call it, Mab'ath and resurrection. It's a journey, brothers and sisters. When you look at the whole um, beginning of Yamul Qiyamah, all the way till the end of that day of judgment, and then after which comes Jannah or Jahannam, you see that it is, it's another journey as if there's a lot of stages there that we have to pass and put behind us. Just to, just to name a few, for example, resurrection itself and the bodies coming together and the souls being returned to the bodies, that's part. That's one thing. That's one stage of Mab'ath, resurrection itself. Hisab and reckoning and how long the reckoning will take. The kutubul a'mal, those book of deeds that we're handed to our right or left, or from behind us, some verse, uh, a verse of the Quran says. Uh, yeah, th- those I, I like to call them those report cards, you know, that are given to us. That itself is a process. The scales and the mizan that is set up, that is set up for us and our actions and weighing out our actions. The bridge of sirat and the fact that we have to cross over this bridge and all of the different manazil and stations therein. All of these are going to be a journey and that's not going to be an easy one. And so here it's saying, Oh Allah, a praise, I am praising you, a praise that of course is going to be accompanied with action that is going to translate to the ease of the whole process and journey of resurrection. Okay, so we had this life, the, the, this praise that is accompanied with proper actions is not just a verbalization. This is going to affect our life here and make us one of the Hamidin and other benefits. It's going to affect the Barzakh and it's going to be a nur for us there. It's going to make easy upon us the whole process of resurrection and it's going to affect the afterlife and judgment day as well. يُشَرِّفُ بِهِ مَنَازِلَنَا عِنْدَ مَوَاقِفِ الْأَشْهَادِ One of those stations, one of those stages of Qiyamah, one of those stages of resurrection and reckoning is the is the مواقف الأشهاد when the Ashhad um, are testifying. Ashhad is going to either be the plural of shahid or shahid. In both cases, it's going to be referring to uh, witnesses. Whoever these witnesses are. Now, I want to explain something here. We do have in the Quran this term of yawma yaqumul ashhad, the day when the witnesses will stand, they will testify against us, they will bear witness against us. These are a specific uh, group of individuals who are the witnesses. Some have said these are the prophets. Some have, seen, some have said that these are the angels. I'm going to share with you uh, two verses that speak of the Ashhad. The first one is going to be Surah Hud, verse 18, where it says, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مَنْ افْتَرَى عَلَى اللَّهِ كَذِبًا أُولَئِكَ يُعْرَضُونَ عَلَى رَبِّهِمْ وَيَقُولُ الْأَشْهَادُ هؤلاء الذين كذبوا على ربهم ألا لعنة الله على الظالمين 
The translation says, And who is a greater wrongdoer than him who fabricates a lie against Allah? They shall be presented before their Lord, and the witnesses will say, It is these who lied against their Lord. Look, the curse of Allah is upon the wrongdoers. And then we have another verse, and it says, and this is a Surah Al-Ghafir, verse number 51. إِنَّا لَنَنْصُرُ رُسُولَنَا وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْأَشْهَادِ Indeed, we shall help our apostles and those who have faith in the life of the world and on the day when the witnesses rise up. Okay, so these are witnesses, special group of people, beings, whatever it is. Some say it's the prophets, some say it's angels. And so this is referring to one of those stages of Yawm Al-Qiyamah that actual witness uh, testimony is taking place. There are some who are testifying against us. Okay, so... I am praising Allah, a praise that's going to help me there and elevate me when those who are going to be witnessing are standing. Alright, that, that is one way to look at this, uh, this part of the, sermon, of the dua. But we can also take this to mean, no, those who are all standing on the day of judgment and watching us, all of the people, so it's as if, let's say, it's as if every person's turn comes and they are uh, reckoned for, their actions are reckoned, and uh, hisab takes place for them in front of everyone else. And so everyone else sees what this person has done. Okay, well, it can be pretty humiliating, right? We do have in dua or munajat sha'baniya, we have a line that says, Ilahi, qad satarta alayya dhunuban fid dunya. وَأَنَا أَحْوَجُ إِلَىٰ سَتْرِهَا مِنْكَ فِي الْأُخْرَىٰ إِلَٰهِ قَدْ أَحْسَنْتَ إِلَيَّ إِذْ لَمْ تُظْهِرْهَا لِأَحَدٍ مِنْ عِبَادِكَ الصَّالِحِينَ فَلَا تَفْضَحْنِي يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَلَىٰ رُؤُوسِ الْأَشْهَادِ You see the word ashhad comes again. Here, it's talking about ashhad witnesses, but not those who are bearing witness or testifying. No, here it's referring to all the people standing waiting for their turn to be to, to undergo hisab and they are seeing the hisab of everyone else and so what is the translation of this munaja, of this part of munajat sha'baniya it says oh allah verily indeed you covered up and uh, dis- and and didn't disclose certain sins or sins that i had in this dunya you didn't let people find out about it and i am more in need of you covering them up and hiding them f- um, uh, from me, uh, from others in the akhirah, in the afterlife. Oh Allah, you verily you did me good in this, of course, in this life, because of the fact that you didn't disclose them to your righteous servants. Think about it. When we do something wrong, and then there are some other good friends of ours that we have, righteous people that we have as friends, and they find out that we did something haram. It's it's very humiliating, right? It says you did me good. By not letting the my good righteous friends, let's say your righteous servants, find out about the bad that I've done, fella. So please don't humiliate me on the day of judgment, on the day of resurrection, in front of all of those who are watching. Okay, so I'm saying all of this now to say that this part of the dua can mean one of two things. When it says, It can either mean, I am praising Allah, a praise that will help me and elevate me 
where when the witnesses are, are standing and rising up and doing their thing, well, who, which witnesses? It can either mean the witnesses who want to testify against me, the praise of Allah that I do is going to help me there, or no, when I am undergoing hisab, all of the people that are standing and witnessing my hisab, I'm not hum- humiliated in front of them. One of these two is going to be meant here in my opinion. So as you can see, one of those uh, stages of the Akhirah is singled out. Apparently it's going to be one that uh, for us it's very important that we are not humiliated in. And is saying this praise is going to help me there again. I can't stress enough brothers and sisters that this is not just a normal alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah that we say in this life. It is a praise that lives up to its potential. And that can only happen if we praise Allah and do what we're expected of. Then this praise takes on meaning and is going to do something for, or can do something for us on the Day of Judgment, inshallah. So here, after these three things that the Imam says that have to do with the Barzakh onwards, and this praise affecting us so positive, positively in the Barzakh onwards, he ends with two verses of the Qur'an just to remind us of what that day is all about. And also kind of to support this idea, I would say, that this is not a normal praise, but it's a praise that comes with action that we have accompanied with and paired with action why because he brings these two verses that talk about how that day is going to be a day that we can only help ourselves and no one else can help us and the way we can help us ourselves or all that matters for us on that day is going to be what we have acquired through our actions here he says the day that every soul will be rewarded or punishment or punished based on what they have acquired. Of what? Of deeds and actions. وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ And there will be no injustice done to everyone. Everyone will get what they deserve and no more. How is that the case? It's not the case that I would say, oh, it's it's a possibility that God could do injustice to us, but He's just not gonna. Brothers and sisters, if once we understand the essence of the Day of Judgment, how things work there, we'll understand that dhulm, is impossible. We cannot be punished for something we never did. Why? It's like it's like that the answers we give on a test. The answers we give on a test equal the grade that we get, right? This is just a very simple example I'm giving, and you might be able to find some flaws in this example, but I think that what I'm trying to get at here is pretty clear. The answers you give are what make up your grade in the end. Okay? Same thing with this life. What I've done here equals what I'm getting there of punishment or reward. This is the mainstream view regarding the embodiment of our actions in Yawmul Qiyamah. And so if whatever's happening to me there is the just is just the translation of what, uh, what I've done here, is the manifestation of what I've done here, then I'm getting exactly what I did. It's not possible for me to get what I have not done here. It's not possible for me to see the good or bad that my actions here have translated to there to get anything more than that. Because it's only my actions that I'm seeing there. That's all it is. So dhulm doesn't even have any place there. I would say it doesn't. it's not even possible there. Dhulm meaning injustice. Now of course, Allah will add bonuses to us. That is His grace and mercy. Right? When it comes to the good we've done, the Quran says, you do one good, I multiply it by ten, Allah says. But when you do bad, it's just going to be that one that you did. Okay, so if the bad that we do is was to be multiplied, that would be dhulm for sure. 
That would be injustice. But the fact that Allah adds that to the good that we've done, that's a bonus. No one's going to say, oh, that's also injustice. No. That's the first verse that the Imam cites. And then he cites another verse. يَوْمَ لَا يُغْنِي مَوْلًا عَنْ مَوْلًا شَيْئًا وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ The day that no one, no friend can help another friend. And they will, they will not be aided, none of them. No one's going to be helped. No, no one can help another and no one is going to be helped by anybody. The only one that is the judge is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the only thing that we'll, we will be judged by is our intentions and actions and, and the beliefs that we had. That's about it. And so the Imam is reminding us here, when I say a hamd, that is, I mean, this is my opinion here that the Imam is saying this, that when the Imam says, I am praising Allah, a praise that is going to help me, light up the barzakh for me, ease the process of mab'ath for me, raise me and elevate me when I'm standing before the witnesses or when the witnesses stand up, Yes, all of this is, is going to be in the context of a day where our actions are doing everything for us. Okay, so this praise is going to be one that is accompanied by action. The reason why, brothers and sisters, I keep repeating this is because it is so important for us to understand that it is actions that will elevate the hamd that we've done here. The kalama that we recite here of Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah and Ashadu Anna Muhammadan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Elevate anything else that we believed in or used to say in this life. We have to understand that they, it has to be accompanied with action or else we don't want to go into that life only to find that the things that we thought are going to help us here, yes, are not translating to anything there. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from all of that. والحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته